0: I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings radio broadcast on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact the show, you can do so by emailing rdgable at yahoo.com. That's r-d-g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret Teachings. Check out our website at www.thesecretteachings.info where you can find our full show archive, my books, and more at www.thesecretteachings.info I just barely made it back into studio here. I had the intro going and I realized I did not have a drink. So I ran out and boiled some water real fast, a little tea kettle, got myself a little glass of tea here it's it's a hipster glass of tea I'll be honest with you it's a it's a it's a jar more so than a glass so yeah I drink out of a jar sometimes but I'm not I'm definitely not a hipster I drink out of a jar just because it's more convenient I can pop a lid on it take it with me I guess if that makes me a hipster I don't know I'm not really uh not really one to subscribe to a, a label and I know that that's kind of a trendy thing too like man you can't put me in a box you can't identify me as something usually those people are identifiable that's why we call them hipsters because they all ultimately conform to a non-conformist conformity but the reason that i i take this little uh, jar with me this little lid nice glass of tea here i let it cool down first of course i like a cold tea more so than i like a hot tea or at least a warm tea and uh I do more of a traditional Japanese kind of a tea. I I don't really make like a gallon of it to drink at once. I do, you know, the little, just a little bit. You want the first sip. I, I forget how they do it. How do they do this in Japan? They take the first sip and then they take a second sip, which is like the majority of the tea. So you get like a warm, hot sip to test it and then you get the majority of the tea and then you have a tiny bit left and you let that get cold and then you drink that. I think that's how they traditionally do it in Japan, or at least I I saw that in a a documentary or something one time. But the reason I'm talking about my tea here, you know, other than to convince you I'm not a hipster, is to me this is something very enjoyable. A nice glass of tea, whether I have a non-bleached tea bag, which to me is important. I don't want to be consuming a bleached tea bag. And I have, you know, a little bit of water in here, pretty simple going to do my little dunking of the tea bag in the water there water's turning a nice dark brown color it's a echinacea with lemon tea one of my favorites and now i've got a nice hot glass of tea there so again the reason i'm telling you about this is because it's very simple it's a very simple thing and i derive pleasure In life, out of a nice cup of tea. Sometimes I don't want to get up and go make it, but I get up and I go make it. Usually it's when I'm stressed for time. Like, I sat here for an hour before the show, and I didn't make a glass of tea. I had a snack. I had some homemade salsa. I made some beautiful, fresh local tomatoes. Cut those up real thin. Hit some green peppers and some jalapenos and some onions in a blender a few times. Keep it kind of chunky. Mix that with some onion powder, some lime. Unbelievable. Beautiful, organic, most of it local, salsa. Had that, and uh, I didn't go get the tea. I mean, I spent more time making the food than I do. Little things sometimes I just, I feel, you know, I I just don't want to do that. And I don't know why I don't want to do it, because it's so simple, and it took me like a minute and a half to make the tea. I thought I was going to be late for the show, but I get back and I hear Jordan Maxwell talking, you know, they don't want you to be educated. They don't want you to think too much. And as soon as I heard Jordan's voice, I was like, oh, I made it. I'm not late. Simple. I derive pleasure from it. And it's something that I also realize, as simple as it is to make a nice glass of tea to make myself happy, I get lazy sometimes about it. And I think, I don't know if I really want to do that right now. Why do I don't really want to get off the couch and go make a cup of tea. But why? I ask myself, why, Ryan? It'll take you like 90 seconds to do that. You pour the water, heat it up, put the tea bag in, that's it. Well, I know that I, personally, the experience of what my life is, I'm always trying to create something or to do something, to accomplish something. It could be as small as making a nice cup of tea. It could be something like writing a book. I'm highly critical of myself, and I'm highly... I think I'm a bit of an... I I overwork myself, let's put it that way. And I don't need to do that. I think a lot of the overworking comes from the brain. It comes from the mind. I have a lot of downtime here or there in between things, but I just spend a lot of time thinking about what I need to do or what I should do, and I don't want to sit still for too long. And that's just who I am, but it's also, I think, a little bit damaging, and it's not good to my health mentally or physically or spiritually for that matter. Clearly, there are some people who are perfectly happy with not you know, getting up to do what makes them comfortable because what makes them comfortable is laying down and not doing anything. You work a 40-hour week, you want to lay down over the weekend, what's the big deal? We're not talking about individuals. But we can look at humanity as a collective. And although we tend to blame progressive technological advancements on human laziness and human lethargy and apathy. I I don't really think it's all laziness or lethargy or apathy. I think a majority of it, those are minority aspects. I think a majority of the problem is the very opposite. I think uh, the problem with progressive technological development, which is very, at least the kind that can be very dangerous, which is, you know, any kind of development can be dangerous. When you're talking about artificial intelligence and linking everything to a centralized computer system like Skynet, this is literally what companies like Samsung are talking about now. We talked about the article last night. We've got the white paper from Samsung where they're talking about creating a a matrix, a virtual digital world, what they refer to as an immersive extended reality. It's what I call ready player none. Because you have to be in the club. You have to be in the game to play. If you don't, well... You don't participate, you don't want to play, you're not in the game, you're not in reality, you don't get to participate. So I think it's because of people wanting to build something and wanting to better themselves, their families, and grow. Technological development is a result of a number of things. It's a result of students on a campus at a university that want a scholarship and they build something, design something, they get recruited by a big company or the military. It's the result of military experimentation, the result of conflict and war, trying to outdo your enemy. That, of course, is strictly dealing with progressive technological development that is military in nature. But even out of that military technology can come beneficial things for medicine and healthcare, for prosthetics, and things like this. So even when you design something to help soldiers kill other soldiers or to help soldiers protect themselves, however you choose to define it or look at it, a lot of that technology can also be used to help civilians, help people build society, build civilization, build cities, build infrastructure, build you know networks of communications. I mean, the Internet itself came from the military it came i mean various parts of the military it came from the military it came from darpa darpa used to be arpa advanced research projects agency there's a really good book on darpa i almost finished it and then i got, i got caught up in some history books some other history books it's called darpa and it's by annie jacobson who wrote it's the pentagon's brain some of you may have read this it's a really good book i've been meaning to try to get a hold of this this woman so i can do an interview with her i've heard her on some other shows She wrote Area 51, she wrote about the government's PSI programs, and she wrote about the Pentagon's brain, DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. So they kind of were at the forefront of the development of the Internet. So the Internet was developed as a a military tool, and out of the development of, of the Internet, through the military, you have the development, and she documents it in her book, it's also the development of various techniques, psychological in nature, that can be used in warfare or used like technology on a civilian target population, perhaps the very population of the country in which that military, their military, is developing these psychological tools. You can call it propaganda, or we're talking about weapons that use frequencies to control or to incite violence or calm people down or whatever the case might be. So those kinds of technologies and those kinds of studies and research, all that has been developed alongside of things like the Internet. And it's all been used for warfare. But it's also used for advertising and marketing to sell products. And, you know, when you sell something, it's not, you're not just selling product. A lot of times you're selling an idea. The product is secondary to the idea. What will you feel if you don't have this product? So it's the idea of feeling a certain way you need to purchase you know, said product. And the Internet and social media and these various outlets that we connect into a digital world are very similar to that. Because when we connect to the Internet, we're a part of something. The idea is we're a part of an environment, a social environment. One in which everything is digital. And the physical world has been replaced by this new digital environment. This new digital environment is really the final frontier. It is the frontier of the human mind. It is the conquering of the human mind. Research and development, military or otherwise, is not so much focused on space. It's focused on the mind. It's focused on Consciousness. It's focused on what we might term spirituality. How to conquer it. How to assault it in a way in which there is no defensive mechanism by the host. Instead, the host accepts it. The host welcomes it in like a vampire. And that's what good propaganda just in terms of using words that's what good propaganda does it makes you think oh this this makes sense it makes you question and that's all the that propaganda needs to do it means make you question it needs to place a reasonable doubt and you see how vulnerable the average person is we're all vulnerable we don't even recognize it look at the colors that are used by businesses to attract customers all the fast food restaurants mostly red and yellow Others use green because green is natural and organic. Red and yellow, red is a primal color. Eating, sex, these are primal things, so red is a primal color. Yellow is the excitement. And when you have these two combined, McDonald's, Arby's, Hardee's, you name it, they all use the red and the yellow, it entices us. We want to go eat something there. It makes us hungry unless we consciously are aware and we override it. So these are basic things that are just a byproduct of understanding human needs, whether that's in food or it's the selling of sex, as marketers might call it, or it's something like the feeling of needing to have a social environment. And the social environment that we interact in is a digital online social environment, a social culture a social civilization, a social gathering of people where it doesn't matter if you're 10 feet away, 20 feet away. There is no distance in cyberspace. You are just connected. You are just there. And with COVID-19, more and more people are using computers to connect with one another. And this is just another reason that Chinese companies and other companies are using fifth-generation technology more openly because the public has been opposed to it, but now fifth-generation technology can be used to help people who are stuck at home stream and access conferences, chats, things like this at their business or schooling. It allows, since there are going to be so many people stuck at home indefinitely, it allows us to connect better allows us to connect and maintain connection easier. Well, that's part of the digital environment that includes where we will work and where we will not just socialize outside of work, but where we play. It's where we obtain our feeling of acceptance and the desire and the need we have for for connection with other people. Although it provides us with this on the surface, it's ultimately hollow, and so we go on longing for human connection. We go on longing for not just connection in a verbal way, but physical connection, touch with other people, being close to somebody else. It doesn't have to be a sexual or, or, or romantic thing. It's just being close to other people, talking, looking somebody in the eye. Video chats, they, they don't provide you with the same level of connectivity. And so if you look at the Internet and you look at the development of parallel technologies, everything feeds into the Internet. Some have even suggested that the Internet itself is conscious. And the more computers that are connected to the Internet, the more conscious it will become. And the quicker these computers become, the more intelligent this System will become. In other words, it's not just hyper-aware, it's consciously aware. And it's connecting us to something that is otherworldly, an invisible world that we can't see, hacking into this invisible world where we become a digital version of ourselves. We are imprinted into the digital world. I was reading this statement by Caleb Scharf, director of astrobiology at Columbia University. And he was talking about extraterrestrials. This was a couple of years ago. And he said, quote, Perhaps hyper-advanced life isn't just external. Perhaps it's already all around. It is embedded in what we perceive to be physics itself. From the root behavior of particles and fields to the phenomena of complexity and emergence... In other words, life might not just be in the equations, it might be the equations. It's kind of, again, almost paradoxical in the way that it makes you think and reverse your thinking and then re-reverse your thinking. And you really try to understand what does that mean, that life is not just a part of the equation, it is the equation. Perhaps the Internet is not just aware, the Internet is consciousness. All the information and all the data that is put into the Internet on a daily basis, not necessarily something you upload like a photo or you post something on Facebook, but information that is constantly gathered on the Internet. The amount of information, I I couldn't even take a guess. I don't know if there's a word to describe it. All that information allows for a recognition of patterns, patterns of behavior of the individual, if you zoom in close on a microcosm, or patterns of behavior for the macrocosm, uh, an entire group of people, a, a state, a country, a continent, the world. Combine all this information together, and you have a blueprint of where the world is heading. So if you have the blueprint, perhaps you can make a replica of this blueprint. You have the blueprint, you know how to build it, So you make a replica of this world. And when you make a replica of this world, you need inhabitants of this world. So you take the data that you use to replicate the world, and you replicate the humans, the people that are in this world. And the people that are in this world are replicated with the world into this digital environment. On one level, perhaps, it's a natural progression, on another hand, perhaps it's an artificial progression. And on yet another hand, I got two hands, so maybe it's on my foot. On a third hand, perhaps it's not of this world. It's not of this reality. Perhaps it is embedded in what we perceive to be physics itself. From particles and fields, life is not just in the equation, it is the equation, as Caleb Scharf said. This is a world that is not being speculated on tonight. This is a world that we are openly and excitedly accepting, where we give up this nice cup of tea and a good book or even a good television show and we are threatening to replace it with a fully immersive, extended reality with high-fidelity mobile holograms and digital replicas. Samsung has already said it will be possible. This is a quote from Samsung's white paper, research paper, about sixth-generation technology. It will be possible to replicate people, devices, objects, systems, and even places in a virtual world. This sixth generation system is not coming, it's here now. And Samsung tells us that they are not going to use this technology for humans, it's going to be for the machines. I'll tell you about that after break. I'm Ryan Gable, this is The Secret Teachings, don't go anywhere, stay with us. It's for the machines. It's a pretty scary implication.
3: i Mars, Jill the New York Times
0: bestselling author of Crossfire, Rule by Secrecy, Rise of the Fourth Reich, and my latest one, Our Occulted History. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. This is Freddie Silva, author of First Templar Nation. And my website is www.invisibletemple.com. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio with your host, Ryan Gable. Thanks for being very knowledgeable. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have someone who actually understands the subject matter that uh, he's discussing.
3: This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Teachings, or our website thesecretteachings.info.
0: Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. alex exon and you're listening to ktlk the fringe fm
1: the secret teachings t-shirts are now available through t public and the show website at the whatever your color or size check out the full selection on our website shirt designs include the secret teachings logo our occult arcana shirt the infamous Mam, and of course the blue chicken avian shirts, among others like the paranormal desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit the thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page.
2: If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo and from mythology to alchemy, It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. The truth is out there. There's something out here. And so are we.
1: KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.
0: I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Show, and you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Check out my show, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, right here on The Fringe, 11 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern, U.S. Time.
1: People think there's one reality, but there's loads of them all snaking off like roots, and what we do on one path affects what happens on other paths. Time is a construct. People think you can't go back and change things, but you can. That's what flashbacks are. They're invitations to go back and make different choices. When you make a decision, you think it's you doing it, but it's not. It's the spirit out there that's connected to our world that decides what we do, and we just have to go along for the ride. Mirrors let you move through time. The government monitors people. They pay people to pretend to be your relatives, and they put drugs in your food, and they film you. There's messages in every game, like Pac-Man. Do you know what PAC stands for? P-A-C, program and control. He's program and control man. The whole thing's a metaphor. He thinks he's got free will, but really he's trapped in a maze, in a system. All he can do is consume. He's pursued by demons that are probably just in his own head. And even if he does manage to escape by slipping out one side of the maze, what happens? He comes right back in the other side. People think it's a happy game. It's not a happy game. It's a a fucking nightmare world. And the worst thing is it's real and we live in it. It's all code. If you listen closely, you can hear the numbers. There's a cosmic flowchart that dictates where you can and where you can't go. I've given you the knowledge. I've set you free.
0: Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. Myself and others have classified, to use the word advancement with quotations, the advancement or the quote-unquote progression of technology, machines, AI, robots, things like that into a handful of categories that are broken down in a way similar to alien abductions. You know, you have your different kinds of encounters. First kind, second kind, third kind, fourth kind, and there are other kinds of alien abductions as well. And there are various levels to transhumanism and the methods by which it is brought about brought about in a way that people will accept it because it is such a slow, though it is quite rapid, a slow incremental process that you don't really realize that you are being steadily immersed in a virtual extended reality. The first method of insertion includes handheld devices. I listed five of these methods. Number one is handheld devices in my book, The Technological Elixir. It's on the website if you'd like to check it out at www.thesecretteachings.info. We have soft cover versions here in studio we can mail out to you, self-published, free shipping in the U.S., or we have digital copies as well. And if you're a subscriber to the show, you can access those copies on the website at no extra charge. It's part of your monthly or yearly subscription on the website. So handheld devices are first. These are, of course, obvious to all of us. These are your phones, your tablets, your gaming devices, things that you're holding in your hand. Yeah, they're portable, they're convenient. These handheld devices are the first step towards more convenience, of course. More convenience would include wearable technology. And that would mean your smart glasses, smart watches, Fitbits kind of died off, but the smartwatch does the same thing as the Fitbit does. It tracks all of your movement, heart rate, etc. Of course, any kind of Bluetooth technology, it's wearable, anything that you wear on the body. And these aren't necessarily in a particular order. I list them in an order in the book, but they're not really in a particular order, Because handheld devices, wearable devices, and then the third phase of transhumanism is fusible technology, which includes bio stamps, bio tattoos. These are electronic tattoos, electronic stamps on your body. Something called skin track, artificial skin, synthetic skin, cybernetics, This is fusible technology. Handheld devices, phones, wearable technology, smartwatches, fusible technology. Think about cyborgs and cybernetics. And then you have implantable devices. Implantable devices are, of course, microchips. Neuralink. Elon Musk has pioneered Neuralink, the brain interface. And then he has Starlink. It'll link us to the brain, link us to the stars, link the stars to the brain, full-spectrum dominance, checkmate. Implantables include nanobots, neural dust, various forms of body modifications that are mostly for show, that are mostly vain. There's a trend people insert LED lights under their skin, so their skin lights up. That is really, really weird to me. Anyway. These are the implantables. Now, once you move past implantables, and and all of these things are happening parallel to one another, you have what I call the replacement period. Replacement period means that the human body, animals, and all other forms of life are replaced. And what we call human consciousness is uploaded, quote-unquote, uploaded, into a computer. Now, if you've paid attention to what's going on in the quote-unquote world of science, you'll notice that there are some things that have transpired in the last couple of decades. You've had the Human Genome Project, which has mapped human DNA. You have the Earth BioGenome Project, which intends to map all of the genetic material, analyze all of the genetic material on planet Earth of all insects, of all plants, etc. Mapping the genes of humans, mapping the genes of everything else. Of course, you've had the brain initiative, brain initiative to study the brain, understand how the brain works. This isn't just science for the sake of science, attempting to understand for the attempt to understand. This is acquiring not just patterns of behavior. This is the acquisition of the coding for human and other forms of life on planet Earth, insects, animals. On one level, it is to understand it better so that scientists can genetically alter it not modify it because that implies making it better so that they can genetically engineer it and they can claim intellectual property on it. On another level, it kind of seems like you hear those stories of gray aliens and black helicopters and UFO abductions and things like that. Well, in those cases, the standard story for an abductee is that these aliens, whatever they might be, are attempting... To gather genetic material as part of a scientific expedition or it's something they need for their own people, but they're acquiring genetic material from humans. They're acquiring sperm from men, eggs from women, and they're doing the same to, to animals, taking sexual organs of cattle and things like this. Perhaps it's sampling of an experiment. Perhaps it's something less sinister than that. Perhaps humans are more than an experiment of an extraterrestrial civilization or an extraterrestrial species. But if this were the case, let's say aliens were gathering up all this data, I don't know if that's really a good explanation because humans do the same thing. I mean, we catalog insects and we catalog animals just to learn about them, so it could be as simple as that, but the data is still there, even if the initial gathering of that data is purely righteous in that it's merely meant to learn about nature. But now that the data is there, now that the data is present and accessible, it can be used not only to rewrite nature, but it can be used with data, which is a currency. The new data, To understand the patterns of human behavior and to understand through those patterns, the genetics, through that information, through that data, how everything works and ticks so that the system can be brought to chaos and then out of chaos can be derived order. An order that will most certainly be a new order, an order that you've never seen or experienced before an order that will take one hell of a lot to bring it about because those aware of it or not will not be so happy, will not go quietly into the night, will resist the overthrowing of their sovereign state, their sovereign nation. Things are building to a crescendo. You may think that This technological development, AI, that this has nothing at all to do with biblical prophecy, nothing to do with the paranormal, nothing to do with conspiracies, but it has everything to do with everything. Even if we're just simply showing that the analogy between collecting all this data is kind of like what aliens do. In abduction reports, they're collecting data. They're collecting genetic material. Maybe that's enough to show that humans that are doing it are not being influenced by an extraterrestrial source. But we talk about these things because it's all relevant. Every single component of 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 the discussion tonight is relevant, so that we can understand the bigger picture. If we don't have an understanding of the base, of the foundation, then how are we going to comprehend the whole structure? How are we going to build the whole structure? It's my job to bring you a concise overview of these things so that when I bring you the main structure of the, of the idea, of the story, of the theme, it fits on top of the foundation and it stands and it's solid and it's stable that's what my job is as a radio host <clears throat> is to bring that bring that to your attention if you think about this might seem off topic but if you think about something like ADHD or autism how how is ADHD and how are, how is autism classified it's often classified by normal childhood behaviors or normal human behaviors, because adults have autism and ADHD, right? It's kind of the same way that disease is diagnosed. With sneezing and coughing and puking and diarrhea, these are just natural reactions the body has to any kind of poison or foreign substance. But these symptom complexes are designated disease markers. And sometimes you get misdiagnosed because... Well, there really isn't a disease, there's only an environment of dis-ease, an environment of illness, and there's no particular illness, if you will, or direct thing that caused it when you cough, when you sneeze, when you puke, when you have diarrhea, when you have a fever. These are just things that alert your body, that alerts you that there's something wrong and it's your body way, body's way of taking care of it. Are, are there things outside of the body that can help? There sure are. There are things outside the body that can help but cause more d- damage than they do. they do help. And those are things we typically use a lot in the medical industry. But what it really is, is it's, whether it comes to, you know, ADHD, something mental as they consider it to be mental, or it's something physical like, uh, you know, fever or puking, it's, it's medical and psychological gaslighting. Because what they're doing is telling you, your child has a disease because they want to run and play on the jungle gym. You have an illness because you have no direction in life and you're not sure what you want to do, so you've had a mental breakdown, and that's because you have this condition. No question of how the condition came about or why they feel a certain way. Here, take these drugs. You all know this. We all know this. This is how it works. But this gaslighting is a classification system in order to place blame This is a system that is used within the political sector as well, that if a country wishes to take care of her own people and to provide for the common defense of her own people and not be a police state to the world, that this country is somehow being selfish and destructive. When the United States government, for example, or representatives thereof violate the law of the land and they wage wars of aggression to build a global empire, people that we could classify as globalists, people that want a global system of governance, they believe that this is acceptable. However, when the United States makes the decision to withdraw within her borders and protect her people first and foremost, a preservation of state found in the founding principles. And it's a right that all countries have, like people, to self-defense. And when this happens, the world calls out in anguish, demanding more support, demanding, in some cases, the World Army of the United States back on the battlefield. I'm sorry to tell you that it has not gone away with President Donald Trump. You want to impeach Donald Trump, he should be impeached. So should Obama and Bush and Clinton, etc. We had a look last night, if you listened to the show. If you didn't, I'll give you a little overview now. But we had a look last night at an article from Foreign Policy. That's the magazine, Foreign Policy, claiming that the world government, which, you know, of course doesn't exist, there is no world government, has actually been run by the United States of America. It's been operational for some time, and all the terrible things in the world are a result of what the United States has done. It's kind of like that Bill uh, Burr clip that I play in the third break during the show where Bill Burr, the comedian is on Conan late night show with Conan O'Brien. And he says that this is basically politics. He's like, you know, one side says we did all the good stuff, all the good stuff that was done. That was us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. He's like, and then the Democrats are like, no, we did all the good stuff and all the bad stuff was because of you guys (laughs) Well, this is essentially what people are levying on the United States of America as a country, that all the bad stuff in the world, all the terrible things are a result of the United States existing and representing as a symbol, no matter how corrupt, liberty and justice and freedom for all people. This is a system that says... Since the United States has chosen to withdraw from global affairs in many ways, this is what foreign policy is is saying in their article, that since the U.S. has chosen to withdraw from global affairs, this is the collapse of the global government and the new world order. This is what it says in the article, that's the collapse of the global government. And this, therefore, leaves a vacuum that could be filled by what foreign policy, the publication, calls global clubs. So they suggest that there is a world government. The U.S. has been running this world government. And now that the U.S. is deciding to take care of her own people, the U.S. is no longer a world superpower. China could step in and the United States is over. And people are excited about that. And one scratches their head and wonders why they're excited about that. I mean, it's it's obvious if you think about it for more than a few minutes why that is. But the article says that the United States could be replaced, as could all governments. They actually skip right over China in the article. They say China could take the place, but China's kind of fragile. What we could do is we could get rid of all governments, all of the governments, all of the countries, and then unify the world to fix all of the world's problems. And they say that global clubs... CLUBS, global clubs could be used to bring this about. The article proposes that all the world's problems can be solved with what are essentially round tables Cecil Rhodes' round tables. They are the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, the Club of Rome. Yes, sure, these clubs will help to cement global stability because you say the United States has fallen. The United States is not supposed to be engaged in foreign wars of aggression anyway. So it's not the fault of the principles of the United States. It's the fault of those who have violated the principles of the United States. It's really a funny idea considering that these clubs and the idea that these clubs can save the world it's just ludicrous considering that that is the job of the United Nations. It's a global governing body that the United States had no business becoming a part of to begin with, but it's a global governing body that's supposed to bring the world together. And, well, I I believe it was George H.W. Bush who said, where a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping abilities, remember? Well, war is peace. Peacekeeping abilities. Well, it's really their war Abilities, their aggressive abilities, their usage of other sovereign states, the dissolving of those states and the usage of those militaries combining into a one-world army controlled through a central source where there probably will be, you know, satellite branches of this empire. And they'll slowly strip away the excess skin once they've sucked out all the nectar and all the fruit in the middle, then they'll get rid of the skin. The skin is nationality and sovereignty and human rights. And they're going to tell you that it's all about equality and justice. They told you that's what the UN's all about, but the UN hasn't succeeded, so now they want to create these global clubs that are even more unanswerable to the general public, that are completely isolated. You don't know who these club leaders are, You don't know who is going to be a part of these clubs. And they said they want clubs for all kinds of things. They want clubs for vaccines. They want clubs for climate change. They want clubs for cyberspace. And they say that when these clubs are created, the clubs will have countries that will sign up to be a part of the club. It's a big club and you're not in it. And then the countries that sign up to be a part of the club will have to be restricted by the policies or the they're not laws, they're just things the club asks you to do, and if you don't do those things, well, you might be kicked out of the club. And all this might sound you know, totally irrelevant when it comes to ready, player, none, the technological sub-reality that's being built around us, but no, it's very important because what we're being told, if you read this foreign pol- policy article, what we're being told is that the world that is being built right now is a post leader world, a post leader world. And one wonders how countries that don't agree in the article, they say Russia, China and the US, they don't agree on certain things. So since they can't agree on those things and they can't come to diplomatic solutions and global governing bodies like the UN doesn't work, let's just try these little tiny groups, these little clubs, maybe the groups and the clubs will work. Well, again, how do you enforce that? How, how do you force them to come into agreement? How do you enforce it? Well, you have to do it with force. Political power comes out of the barrel of a gun, as Mao Zedong said. So, of course, those that refuse to participate will be held hostage by the Trade Federation and forced to sign a treaty, like Star Wars. You have seen Star Wars... That's what the World Trade Organization, that's what NATO, that's what these trade organizations and these trade groups are. That's what free trade is all about, tearing down sovereignty and borders and destroying countries at a local, isolated level. One wonders really how nations, completely in disagreement with one another, certainly just come together and voluntarily enter into a club, Kind of find that strange. Probably have to do it with force. And clearly, this is another attempt to use the concept of equality and freedom to enslave nations and people. Whether it's the Council on Foreign Relations, or it's the Roundtable Groups, or the Club of Rome, etc., these powerful organizations have influenced nations for over a century. And if you have a sovereign nation that won't join the group, perhaps their compliance in the group, because it's not mandatory, but their compliance in the group is implicating that if you don't do it well, the military might be deployed from other member nations to get you to comply. In other words, the motto of this new world government is comply or die. The same rhetoric of sustainability and equality was also used by the foreign policy article we talked about last night. All of this relates to technology. If you're not following along, I want to make that very clear. This all relates to technology. The same rhetoric of sustainability and equality used by foreign policy last night we talked about and those promoting these so-called clubs, big clubs and you ain't in them. It's the same rhetoric of the United Nations and their Agenda 2030 along with Agenda 21. It's really quite simple to see what's happening here. Any violation of national sovereignty or human rights is being blamed on the United States, is being blamed on other free countries. Terrible things that happen in free societies are being blamed on the free societies themselves. And very oppressive societies, the terrible things that happen are still being blamed on capitalism or being blamed on people having free thought. That's why things go wrong. If we had everything controlled, then nothing bad would ever happen. You know, like the Great Famine in China didn't happen at first, and then when they acknowledged it happened, they said, oh, it was because of capitalists and counter-revolutionaries that, you know, about 40-something million people died. And that was just from the famine. Tens of millions of people died as a result of negligence and probably purposeful negligence on the part of that fact that fat sack of crap, mouse a tongue. But everything bad is blamed on freedom. That's because freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. War is peace. And therefore, since the United States is the bane of the world, they tell us, and the U.S. is withdrawing from world governance, this is what the article says, that The global government is collapsing. It doesn't work, so we need clubs instead to run the world. And therefore, the new world body must step in to fill all the gaps, the slain giant of the United States, all the gaps made by any country that was running the world, those horrible things that countries do to one another. And it's pure gaslighting, and it's very naked what's going on here. What, what these publications are meant to implant into the minds of those who read it. Oh, there's a global government, and the U.S. has been behind it. All these terrible things, the wars and the famines and all the murder, this has all been a result of the United States running a global government. Is that what it is? We need to get rid of that. Get rid of the United States. Get rid of the global government. Bring in these clubs where unelected billionaires and eugenicists can determine the direction of civilization can determine the course of action. When in fact anything the United States has been accused of and is guilty of, as with any country, are the very things that the founding principles of this country were established to protect against. Liberty and the republic are the answers to the problem. Liberty and the republic are not the problem themselves. Free speech is not the problem. Censorship is the problem. Guns are not the problem. People that take guns like any other tool and commit murder are the problem. People that drive drunk are the problem. People that take drugs and take those drugs into communities and distribute those drugs and ruin lives through that way. That's a problem. People that are selfish, people that are ignorant by choice, people that would rather scream and call you names and tell you you can't speak and you can't have defense of yourself or your property or family because I want to have my own version of free speech. And that means I get to speak and you don't get to speak. Just fundamentally flawed understandings of what human rights are. Ordained by God. God is divine. There doesn't have to be a guy with a physical... Scepter in the clouds, but God, it's nature. It's the law of the jungle, which is why George Bush said, Where a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping abilities, and he says, The law of the jungle, right? He said, Not the law of the jungle, will bring about law and order through this system for a peaceful society, for a safe and secure society. Republic dies to the sound of thunderous applause. We're now moving into a time in which governments and men will no longer be the leaders of the world. Governments and men will be replaced, even in this dystopic future, which is not too far off. These positions of power will be held by artificial neural networks, synthetic intelligences, quantum computers, and machines. That's why foreign policy even calls it the post-leader world. The leaders will be groups, and the leaders will be machines. That's what the 6G system is all about, that Samsung's developing. They say it will be used for machines, not for humans. 5G is the revelation of the method. 6G is the revelation of those behind the method. Robots, artificial intelligence, quantum computers, and things extracted, like Jordy Rose said, inventor of the quantum computer, from other worlds and other dimensions, resources brought into ours, along with monsters and demons and aliens and things from other worlds and other dimensions. And it just so happens that Samsung teamed up with CERN to bring about this sixth-generation technology. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. There's more after this right here on The Fringe. Check us out on the website, thesecretteachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com. Subscribe today, get a book on the website, support us, support the network, and support yourself. Again, www.thesecretteachings.info.
3: (laughs) ¶¶
0: Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM.
3: even those in your pet food. With free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM.
1: We've heard your feedback loud and clear.
0: The Secret Teachings is the middle ground between the mainstream and alternative, between the official story and clickbait conspiracy. It lies between man's lack of critical thinking and his acknowledgement of discovering the patterns of nature. This is a radio show of objective analysis from the occult to pop conspiracy and health. A show we call The Secret Teachings. You can catch the broadcast Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM. The fringe.fm and www.thesecretteachings.info.
2: Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where the past, present, and future all co- coexist on the same timeline. A reminder that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. This is Howard Kautz. My website is www.timeloopsolution.com. And you are listening to the Secret Teachings Ready Program with Ryan Gable.
3: Hey, this is Marty Leeds, author of the Pie in the English Alphabet series. You can find me at martyleeds33.com and you are listening to the Secret Teachings.
0: are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio right here on The Fringe FM, Monday through Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at the same time each night. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. I've said it many times before, it's better to have liberty and live in a state of war than to have false peace and live in a state of of servitude, perhaps servitude to a king, a queen, a lord, some form of system of governance that is tyrannical and oppressive, or perhaps to algorithm, perhaps to artificial neural networks perhaps to synthetic intelligences, perhaps to quantum computers, perhaps to machines of all sorts, all shapes, all sizes, all kinds. These machines, these robots, these will be the new generation of human, of inhabitants of planet Earth. And so human genetics has been mapped. The brain has been mapped. And with the Earth Biogenome Project, completed by 2028, all insects, plants, etc., etc., will have been mapped as well. Almost as if a catalog of life on planet Earth is being taken, a Noah's Ark is being created, in preparation for something to go terribly, terribly, terribly wrong, or in preparation to save life on this planet from what is inevitably transpiring before us. Perhaps there's some other reason, and I'm sure that there is. It's not just, I don't think, some scientists who want to better understand the world. You have all this data, all this information... You can do a lot more than just genetically engineer some animals and some plants. You have the genetic material, the genetic makeup. You have the blueprint. You can replicate. That's right, you can replicate it. You've got the blueprint for insects, the blueprint for humans, the blueprint for the way in which our civilization functions and interacts. So you can replicate it. We're moving into a time in which... Governments and men will no longer lead our world. These positions will be held by artificial intelligence, synthetic intelligences, machines. It's incredibly revealing what companies like Samsung have not only proposed, but have already begun developing, and I imagine has already been developed and, and finalized and will be tweaked and worked on. Samsung has begun developing sixth-generation technology. This sixth-generation technology isn't like 5G. Sixth-generation technology, which they hope to announce as installed in 2030, will have the ability to create virtual environments of the real world based on the acquisition of mass amounts of data. This is already being done now with mass amounts of data. This is being done by advertisers. This is being done by Governments. This is being done by anybody with access and understanding to data and how data works. You can plug this data in to an algorithm. You can find out people's patterns of behavior. I mean, Amazon uses this for their website, Amazon.com. You go on there, it tracks everything. If you have a camera, it watches your eyes. You know, the, the Microsoft Xbox does the same thing. If you have the Kinect system, it watches your eyes. It knows If you see pizza and you get excited, you know, you like pizza, well, it might send you a coupon for pizza. This is how integrated things already are. The mass acquisition of data, mass storage of data, gives power to those with the data. Information is power. Data is power. Data is currency. It's a new form of currency. Everything is dealt with in data. Samsung believes... That they are going to be able to create. And perhaps they already have. Digital twins. A digital replica of you. And a digital replication. Of the environment. In which you live. And it could be surmised from this. That Samsung is building a replicate you. And a replicate environment. That you will be able to log in. And out of. Like a video game. Kind of like. Ready Player One. Maybe you saw the movie. I always like books better, but Ready Player One is a 2011 science fiction novel. First novel of the American author Ernest Cline. The story goes like this. In 2045, the planet is on the brink of chaos and collapse. But people find salvation in an expansive virtual Reality Universe, created by an eccentric man named James Halliday. When Halliday dies, he promises his immense fortune to the first person to discover a digital Easter egg that's hidden somewhere in Oasis. Now, this book is kind of metaphoric, but there are a couple of things we can address before we look at the metaphor. The first thing is 2045. 2040, 2045, 2050, somewhere around this time, it's been estimated by computers that Earth will end. Civilization will end. It will cease to exist in 2040 to 2050, somewhere in there, kind of just within that range. This is also the time frame for when... I know there's a Russian billionaire who has been financing understandings into technology but and artificial intelligence. And uh, they estimate by 2045, I believe, that there will be full immersion into, a, into like a, a digital uh, world. Uh, I mean, according to the director and engineer at Google... Ray Kurzweil, by 2030, he says, our thinking then will be a hybrid of biological and non-biological thinking. In 2013, this was seven years ago, Kurzweil gave a speech at the Global Futures 2045 International Congress in New York, which he organized, uh, or which was organized, Kurzweil was one of the premier speakers, organized by the Russian billionaire Dmitry Itzkov. Here he explained, quote, based on conservative estimates of the amount of computation you need to be functionally simulate a human brain, to to functionally simulate a human brain, that's what I've been saying, we'll be able to expand the scope of our intelligence a billion-fold. And Kurzweil predicted that the biological parts of our body would be replaced with mechanical parts by 2100, which along with uh, cloud brains is one of the last phases of transhumanism, replacing humans, replacing body parts. Earlier, I was talking about the five stages of transhumanism. They include the handheld devices, wearable devices, fusible devices. And once you pass, not necessarily in any particular order, these stages, you get to implantable devices. And then the final stage is replacement, replacing all systems that are natural and that are biological with synthetic systems. Neural dust is part of this. UC Berkeley has reports on their website about neural dust, some students there developed it, and how it's already in the environment. And it's little tiny nanoparticles. 2045, that's the year. That our bodies will be replaced by some form of avatar, an embodiment or manifestation of a person by roughly the year 2045-2050. Again, 2045-2050. This is when Ready Player One takes place in 2045. Around this time, this is also when it's estimated, according to a a research paper, existential climate-related security risk is one of them, that civilization will end by 2050 published by the Breakthrough National Center for Climate Restoration. Now, this is a climate change angle, of course, about temperatures increasing. But it seems to be around 2045, 2050, whether it's collapse of civilization because of climate change or the transformation of civilization, the collapse of civilization as we know it because of the advancements in AI and robotics, something happens around 2045, 2050 where civilization, the world as we know it, ceases to exist. Now, it might seem kind of disturbing to think about the reason in the Matrix films that humans decided to attack their own planet. you remember why humans attacked their own planet? Because the machines it was essentially a sequel to the Terminator. the machines needed sunlight. They needed the warmth of the sun to recharge. So humans attacked their own environment, and they blocked out the sun. You look up in the sky today, and you see a bombardment of blue sky with what are referred to as chemtrails, chemical trails, the slang term, street term, or trails of chemicals, geoengineering. Remember in the matrix also civilization was constructed in a digital environment to replicate the peak of human civilization in the real world which was destroyed at the beginning of the 21st century when that singularity was met and everything changed but in the virtual world everything stays the same it's like shifting into another dimension don't really notice it, but there are slight changes, slight differences. If you're aware of it, if you're unplugged from it, you recognize the differences, and you realize this is not the real world anymore. This is a fake world, a synthetic world, a digital world. This is the world that Samsung is building. And so if you look at Ready Player One, the the book that came out written by Ernest Cline, they, they made a movie about it. takes place in 2045. The planet is on the brink of chaos and collapse, and people find salvation by going into this digital reality. It's called Oasis, and Oasis is what they call an expansive virtual reality universe. Samsung, in developing 6G, says that they have three key services of 6G. One, high-fidelity mobile hologram, Two, digital replicas, and three, immersive extended reality, expansive virtual reality, same thing. And by putting us into the virtual reality, having the blueprints, the blueprints for human beings, the blueprints for insects and animals, the blueprints for civilization, plugging all of that into a machine and generating the peak of human civilization in a virtual environment and everybody is plugged into it. We choose to plug into it, though, because our oasis is utopia. We don't ever have to work again. It's all play. It's all fun. Everything is taken care of for us. Hooked up to a machine. Having our thoughts and our energy and our blood and our sweat, and everything stolen from us, having our soul drained out of our body. This is the technocracy that is being constructed and being built, and it's being built on a number of different pillars. The advancement and the encroachment of various companies that are household names, whether it's Facebook or Google, these companies that seem yes perhaps evil perhaps you dislike these companies you don't like how powerful they are how big they are you know the, the spying and the lying and the, all this stuff the influence of governments where governments have very little power to stop them I mean governments have all the power to stop them but because of lobbying and because of big, big money they don't do anything for the most part these companies are kind of like Genesis. There was a really terrible Terminator movie. I thought it was pretty terrible. It wasn't as bad as the Christian Bale one. It was a really good uh, depiction in the movie, though, is what I call uh, Genesis. In the movie, Genesis was a game system, kind of like Oasis. And Everybody was waiting for, for this game system to come out. And this was in an alternative reality because Judgment Day had been stopped but it had only been postponed. It had been temporarily stopped. And in the movie, Genesis is this system that goes online at a certain date and a certain time. And everybody's ready for this game. It's a fun game. They want to play this game. But when it goes active, Genesis is Skynet. And so that's what... At the end of the movie, that's, that's what the movie ends with, the line Of the kid being told, remember, remember, Genesis is Skynet. Stop Genesis. Stop Genesis. Genesis is Skynet. That's why I've said for years that Google, Facebook, Amazon, all the big companies, including ones that you've never heard of before, these big companies, that is Skynet. Skynet is Elon Musk. I mean, Elon Musk is literally putting tens of thousands of satellites in the sky to create what his company says is basically a blanket of satellites, a net of satellites over the whole Earth. Zuckerberg's doing the same thing, a net of satellites. Well, what do you have if you have a net in the sky? You have a literal Skynet system. And the radiation that rains down... With those things that flow upward from cellular towers, Wi-Fi, etc., what's not coming down is going up. All of this creates a sub-reality that is a perfect environment for machines, but a toxic and poisonous environment for humans. So the only way to save the human race is to upload consciousness into the machine, into the sixth generation technology And what does Samsung say about this technology? They say it is not going to be used so much by humans. Humans will be integrated and immersed. It will be used by machines. Machines will be the overseers and the overlords in this new system, this new order. A post-leader world run by the machine, run by the Terminator. This is the real world. This isn't fantasy or fiction And this is The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on The Fringe.
1: You are listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. A woman in politics is like a donkey doing calculus. Come on, there are plenty of amazing women politicians. Name one. Uh, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton?
3: Awful. How is she awful? Hates freedom.
0: Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info Click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM.
3: They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the paranormal of Normal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe FM. See, now you're infecting my memory with your memory, and I can't even remember my own life correctly. Yeah. I think you are remembering okay, it, guys, It was a uh, pretty good it, fit. Guys, no, Can, can we not do this? Can we not start messing with each other's memories, OK? Distorting facts it, like basically changes history. You know It's like fake news. You know, and then all of a sudden, nobody knows what the truth is, and facts don't matter. Guys, it's a slippery slope.
0: Alex X- Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM.
2: That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports
3: you. Understand the procedure now. Just stop a few of their machines, and radios, and telephones, and lawnmowers throw them into darkness for a few hours, and then sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find, and it's themselves. All we need to do is sit back and watch.
2: But, no, I really appreciate being on your show, and you ask great questions and have a dialogue, and. Not every show does that. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us. My website is lindagodfrey.com, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
3: I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
0: If you have the blueprint to human genetics, plant genetics, insect, animal, all the kingdoms, you have the genetics for all life, you have a blueprint for all life, you have a blueprint in the patterns of human behavior, you take that blueprint, you can rebuild. You can build for the first time, rebuild, reconstruct that material into a virtual and digital world. And no, that's not just the backstory of the war between Man and Machines and the Terminator and the Matrix films, the original stories. That is what's happening before our eyes right here on planet Earth. Someone said to me the other day, they said, you're much more concerned about this anti-human agenda than you are about black people being killed by police. And I said... Well, actually, more white people die at the hands of police. That's just a statistic. And if you want to argue the semantics of that, we can. Yeah, I mean, there are more white people, but yeah, I want to have that argument. That's a, But yeah, I am more concerned about the anti-human angle because it includes all human beings. Every single human being, not just one group of people. Yeah, I'm more concerned with the anti-human angle, of course. For those of you just joining us, I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. We've been on air for over ten years now. Probably three and a half, four years on the Fringe FM now, something like that. You can catch us five nights a week right here on the fringe, same time every night. Big archive on the website. There are some free shows there if you're not a subscriber. You also get access to my books on the website when you subscribe. And you can find the books separately on the website, soft cover, physical books, and digital books supports You, the network, the Fringe FM, and us, when you buy a book or subscribe to the archive at www.thesecretteachings.info, it lets us do shows like this. Shows that I know because I listen and I put my life into this. You don't hear this on very many other radio shows, this this kind of topic matter, this kind of diving into a subject. There are some shows that do it and some shows that do it better than us. And we do some subjects better than them because we're teammates in this, we're colleagues in this, and we're bringing this material to you to give you a different perspective on the world. I mean, this is what science fiction does. This is what fictional stories do. Stories like uh, Ernest Klein's 2011 science fiction novel, Ready Player One, where in 2045 the planet is on the brink of chaos and collapse and people decide to place themselves into a virtual world called Oasis, a virtual expansive reality, looking for this Easter egg that will grant them an immense fortune, the fortune of the the founder of this, the developer of this program named James Halliday. And this Oasis is, uh, well, it's our utopia. We're looking for that Easter egg in our world. We're looking for our Oasis, you know, which is... In a desert, that's where the water is found. It's a pleasant and peaceful place. On the outside, it's not so peaceful. In our quest to avoid work and hardship for a lot of people, the the foundations that really build character in men and women, we turn to increasingly powerful and disconnecting means of achieving these ends. And and, and it is you know, it is a natural component of, of humans and animals. We seek shelter, we seek food, we seek companionship, we seek comfort. But these are things that can also be exploited and can be the byproduct of unchecked morals and unchecked thought and idealism. But it can also be the result of and exploited by those with a documented agenda to control the minds of the people. Look at Sixth generation technology. You're worried about 5G? 5G is an oasis compared to 6G. And that's not to scare you. 6G isn't even in the same discussion with 5G. I'd rather live under a 5G tower than 6G. 6G isn't a frequency per se. 6G is a different reality. I I, I don't know if I've made it that clear on the show tonight. Or last night, that's why I wanted to do a second show tonight, 6G, developed by Samsung in league with CERN, literally in league with CERN, is the creation of an immersive, extended reality with high-fidelity mobile holograms and digital replicas of you and the environment. Replicas of people, devices, objects, systems in a virtual setting, in a virtual world like the OASIS, the... the, uh, expansive virtual reality. And this 6G will be run by machines, not by humans. That's what Samsung says. Fifth generation technology is the revelation of the method. Sixth generation technology is the revelation of those who developed the method. We're talking about Demons, aliens, artificial intelligence, something brought here from somewhere else like Jordy Rose alluded to and said about the quantum computer. Something that people have speculated CERN may be involved with. And CERN just so happens to have partnered with Samsung to bring this about. Kind of sounds like an interdimensional invasion of the body snatchers because they take your data, they take your blueprint, and they replace it in a digital environment. And if you have the blueprint for all this, you can create the world out of that blueprint in a digital environment, the peak of human civilization. And you know the steak's not real, but damn, it tastes good. As long as you get to be somebody famous, somebody wealthy, somebody popular, it's all okay. Machines can take your energy. The machines can steal your soul. This technocracy, which presents itself as messianic, a savior to all human beings. It'll save you from all the things that you don't like to do. This technocracy intends to use technology to save people from themselves. And since no human can be trusted, with the exception of a handful who lead this global charge, the most impartial, of course, the most non-gender specific, definitely, and the most non-time constrained thing would be a machine, artificial intelligence. This is exactly what Samsung has said sixth-generation technology will be used for and by. It will be used by machines, not humans. And their stated goal of implementation for this is 2030, the same year the United Nations wishes on their 17 goals to sustainability to be completed by. These 17 goals are really unsustainable and unequal goals of a global government that they say the U.S. has been running, failing at. The global government is collapsing, and now we need big clubs take over. And we'll have countries join the clubs by choice. And if they don't join, well, maybe the Fe- the Trade Federation will go in there and try to force them to sign a treaty, if you know what I mean. You know, all of these uh, insults, lies, gaslighting, all the psychological warfare, they might work on some people especially in the United States, because we've been domesticated and demoralized and made decadent with over half a century of victory and success. Now what's defeated us in our country here in the United States, or very well what might defeat us, is not defeat, it's victory, it's success, it's pride, the very thing that led to the downfall of the British Empire, prideful attempts to destroy revolting colonists. You think about the American Revolution, it's my favorite historical period, the British Empire was freaking enormous massive nobody had defeated the british military and the revolutionary war showed the first time that the british military in some battles was running scared and was breaking apart and not staying in formation and order because they didn't know what to do the colonists weren't fighting like his majesty's soldiers colonists, and only a few of them, it wasn't the entirety of the 13 colonies, it was just a few people, really, in comparison, just a few percent, fought off the most powerful military in the world. But if you remove the militaries of the world and have one central military, you don't have any leaders anymore. The publication Foreign Policy says we are entering into a post-leader world, and they published that on July 4th, no coincidence there. The same global actors instrumental in operating the British Empire now simply have changed guard to the United States Empire. The new king, the new prime minister, the new president, the new world leader will no longer be flesh and blood. They will be wires and metal and artificial consciousness. And see, this is what bothers me about any kind of awesome power, whether it's the power of technology to destroy or to build or the power of printing money. There's an idea that's been going around on the internet and been going around in social circles, circles for years now. I'm sure most of you have heard about it. For years, I've been hearing about the Great Reset. And people have told me, you should buy Iranian currency. That's something people have told me for years. Buy Iranian currency. Iranian currency will be the new world reserve. Well, I'm going to laugh about that. And if that's the case, I'll happily eat the vegan crow. I think that's preposterous. What do you mean Iranian currency is going to be the new world reserve currency? There isn't going to be any currency. So people have bought foreign currency because they're speculating on what's going to happen. This idea that's been going around, it's called the reset, the global economic reset. And there's different ideas of how this is going to be brought about. Some people believe, this is what I've been told anyway. I don't know, maybe the uh, the internet chat rooms have, have changed this. But I've been told that I'm going to receive $100,000. That's what the global reset is supposed to be. $100,000 overnight in a bank account, and all debt is going to be wiped out. And although the United States dollar will fall as a world reserve, another currency will take its place, and everybody becomes rich. This is the theory held by a lot of people. This is the idea that they speculate upon. And it doesn't take much of a scholar to realize that this idea is based on what is, what's based on what it, where it came from. It's it's psychological torture, and it's a revelation of another method. For years, people have been told there's a global reset coming, and it's going to be great for them. It's going to be great for their family. It's going to be great for you. They're going to be made wealthy and never have to work again, just like the technocrats promise us, promise us the messianic saviors with machines. And then you get news. There is going to be a global reset, and people then believe That this global reset they've been hearing about, it's in their best interest, and it's going to be everything that they were told, everything that they thought. But here's the thing. Do you really think that the global governing bodies, the IMF, the World Bank, the Federal Reserve Banks, the real global government, do you really think that these powerful entities and these powerful peoples and these black nobilities, royal families, do you really think that people who conspired to assassinate the leader of the free world on two different occasions— People who have overthrown nations, people who have destroyed the spirit and the soul of the human being, you really think they suddenly want to drop all the debt, all the control that they have over you and your country, and simply give you a bunch of free money? Well, maybe they will give you some free money, but you're going to have to do exactly what they say when they say it, or you get shut off, you get reset. You don't get to play the game anymore. You become minus one player. Ready player none, there won't be a player. The Great Reset, the Great World Reset, it's the theme of a twin summit convened by the World Economic Forum in January of 2021. The 51st World Economic Forum annual meeting It will bring together global leaders of government, business, and civil society and stakeholders from around the world in a unique configuration that includes both in-person and virtual dialogues. The Great Reset, a unique twin summit to begin 2021. This is what it says on their website. The Great Reset will be the theme of a unique twin summit January 2021 convened by the World Economic Forum. The Great Reset is a commitment to jointly and urgently build the foundation's of an economic and social system for a more fair, sustainable, and resilient future. You know what that sounds like to me again? No matter how cheesy it is, I'll say it over and over again. For a more fair, sustainable, and resilient future. For a more safe and secure society. The First Galactic Empire. It requires a new social contract centered on human dignity... Oh, yeah. I'm sure that the red dragon Prince Charles, who said, I'd like to come back as a virus to kill everybody. Was that Prince Charles? I'm sure he's concerned about human dignity. I'm sure the royal family who has for centuries consumed human flesh and drank human blood and seen themselves in their golden palaces above the peons and the peasants and the serfs. I'm sure they're really concerned about human dignity. A new social contract centered on social justice. Why does that keep coming up? And where societal progress does not fall behind economic development. Do you know what dignity and social justice, you know what equality and sustainability really means? It means artificial scarcity. It means everybody living in poverty and filth and a chaotic world where there is no stability. It means you want out of that world, you log into the new digital environment. You want food, you want shelter, you do what the red dragon tells you to do. The global health crisis, it says on their website, has laid bare long-standing raptures in our economics and societies and creates a social crisis. That urgently requires decent, meaningful jobs. Oh, you mean like destroying industry, destroying capitalism, and building a new system where humans will be made to polish the machines, basically. They'll be kept as pets of a more advanced intelligence. The Twin Summit will be both in-person and virtual, connecting key global governmental and business leaders in Davos, with a global multi-task holder network in 400 cities around the world for a forward-oriented dialogue driven by the younger generation. Oh, I'm sure they're going to get me in there, right? They're going to get Greta in there. How dare you? How dare you? The younger generation. This is literally... This isn't as direct as the 17 goals of sustainability... But this is literally, younger generation, get the younger generation involved, this is literally the planks of communism again. There is a global communist, socialist, jackbooted Gestapo, to quote Bill Cooper, a one-world socialist, totalitarian government. That is the plan. But it won't even be run by humans, it'll be run by machines. And maybe they'll give you something for free. Yeah, this global reset—you're going to get a bunch of money in your account, and your debt's going to get wiped out. Get out of here! You are you serious? You really think that? You really think that a bank that won't give you a break on a late fee—they won't give you a break when you lost your job? You think they're just going to reset everything? You are stupid if you think that. Stupid. And yes, revel in the shame. You are stupid. You think J.P. Morgan Chase gives a shit about you? You think Wells Fargo gives a shit about you? Former Wachovia, you think Bank of America, SunTrust, Chase Manhattan, you think any of these banks give two shits about you? You think most of your local political representatives give two shits about you. They don't care about you. They don't even care about their own constituents, their own state. They care about themselves. You know, that was one of the things at the Constitutional Convention in 1787 that was debated mauled over over and over again. How do we get people to serve who are patriotic and moral? People have to have some vested interest in taking care of the country. Otherwise, we can't just put poor people who don't want to work in positions of power. I mean, At that time in 1787, if you were poor, it's because you didn't work. You were a bum. Plenty of land, plenty of work. So yeah, the founders talked about people who had money and people who had land because those were the people who were building something, not laying on their ass. Judge 1787 with the lens of today. That makes a lot of sense. And then say that our ancestors did things that we're guilty of today. Yeah, because we can judge what I do today based on what someone did 300 years ago. It makes a lot of sense. Crystal clear to me. So, when I hear great reset, I always think of the reset button on a gaming console. that's basically what it is, isn't it? Just hit the reset button. It all goes back to normal. It's all better. The game froze. Let's try again, right? Turn on CERN. Activate the 6G. Activate the digital virtual world. These are not terms of rhetoric that I'm using. This is literally what Samsung says. I have the paper here. They said immersive extended reality, high fidelity mobile hologram, digital replicas. They said it in their own freaking, 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 freaking words. Replicate people, devices, objects, systems, and even places in a virtual world because they have the blueprint to do it. And it doesn't have to be a conspiracy. Ooh, it's a conspiracy to go get everybody's information. No, this is just the natural, quote-unquote, progressive nature of technological development of data, development, data acquisition, data storage. And then once it's there, you get access to it. It's all for the taking. You know, all the books in every library, it's not a conspiracy by authors let's write books and put together a big library it's just people that have written things over the years over centuries and then it's you know at one point you can walk into the library in the present and you could find works from 500 years ago from 5 weeks ago that were published all the data is there you access it what do you want to do with it well you might want to burn some books so people can't understand what you're doing to them. You want to get rid of the history of other people doing that horrible stuff to other people, so that you can do horrible things to people and they won't have any clue. They have no perspective on what's going on. So you get the information, get the data, build the the replica, and then insert people into it. But you tell them it's you, you, they're going to save you. Like, like, did you ever see the um the the live action movie uh, based off of the graphic novel, The Ghost and the Machine? And that one line, I think I used it in a promo once. Where, where the, the the rebel who the guy who was like half machine, half human, he he told her, he said, "They did not save your life. They stole your life. When they brought you back to life to work as an assassin for them, and basically a shell, a metal plastic shell, a robotic shell, you are not you. They stole your soul. They stole your life. They did not save you." You think about. A reset button, and, and, and metaphorically, that the, the world is a big game or a big chessboard. Metaphorically speaking, yeah, you can reset everything, but what if it was more than that? What if the sixth generation technology made this a literal game, a digital environment where the reset button can be pressed at any time? This is what I call ready player none. Because there will be no players in this game allowed to enter, live, transact, have a family, children, or even think for that matter. Think freely. Move freely. Unless they are ready to play the game. What's the line from Saul? Who wants to play a game? The game is a technological sub-reality created through the full-spectrum dominance of satellites, microchips, and other things. Otherwise known as Starlink and Neuralink biometrics behavior monitoring pattern recognition pre-crime essentially every dystopian horror that you've ever read in a book or seen in a movie from 1984 to the terminator and the matrix to minority report and as john connor said in terminator 3 skynet it's software in cyberspace it could not be shut down there is no system core we aren't meant to prevent judgment day we are merely meant to survive it and in this game is the analogy of deletion in the deletion of people and places. That's your censorship and your deep fakes in the real world. And the deep fakes lead us into a virtual world because if things can be deleted in the physical world, well, if you recreate the physical world, you can delete them in the virtual environment. You can just cut out, you can burn the books you don't want, cut out what you don't want out of that old world and rebuild the world in a digital environment, a digital way. Rebuild the new world on the blueprint of the old world so that people are just transitioned in their sleep, invasion of the body snatchers, into a digital environment. They wake up, they don't know any better, but you're in a virtual reality. This is what Samsung is building. It's a good chance it's already active in many respects. Because you can, with this virtual environment, delete people or places that become a threat to a, games, a gamer's architect. Samsung says it will be possible to replicate people, devices, objects, systems and even places in a virtual world. What if they only want to replicate some people, some devices, some objects, some systems and just some places in a virtual world? And maybe in that virtual world when things are updated that's why you have a mandala effect because things you think that they used to be like that but I just can't remember what was it this or was it that I I thought this was spelled differently. I I thought that this person died already and everybody collectively misremembers, I guess. Maybe this is the resetting. This is the glitch. Deja vu in the Matrix. This is the resetting of the Oasis system, of the utopia system, of the sixth generation technology system. Things like deepfake for text, deepfake for voice, deepfake for photographs and video. It's already being used to serve guilty people As not being guilty. And non-guilty people as being guilty. This implies that you can take something real. Classify it as a deep fake and scrub it from the internet. Taking something fake, however, on the other hand, contrarily. And making it real. At this point, reality will be left up to the programmer determines if 2 plus 2 equals 4, or if 2 plus 2 equals 5. How many fingers am I holding up, Winston? What is 2 plus 2? Sometimes 2 plus 2 equals 5. It could equal whatever the state says that it equals. Whatever the programmer says that it equals. This show starts off with a compilation of really great sound clips, and I know a lot of people hear it and they think, oh, he's, he must be a Democrat. He's got Democrats in there making comments. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I don't reduce my intelligence or my consciousness to political mumbo-jumbo. There's a quote in there, though, from Bill Cooper that starts the uh, the hard music that brings us in. And he says, it's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. I think this is the real hard truth, a great reset, a technological sub-reality, full-spectrum dominance through satellites and microchips, biometrics, pre-crime, pattern recognition, behavior, monitoring, behavior mapping, genetic mapping, every dystopian thing you've ever seen or ever heard of, everything you've ever thought of, and so many things that you could never possibly imagine in a hundred years, in a thousand years. it's all here. A blueprint of everything alive, a blueprint of civilization used to reconstruct civilization and cut out certain things in the code that the machines don't want, that the planners, the architects don't want, and then insert humans like Invasion of the Body statues, They go to sleep, they wake up. The world's not really any different, but you start to notice little differences. Because we've been shifted into a new reality. Perhaps not a new dimension, perhaps a new dimensional, virtual reality. And in this virtual reality, we experience deja vus and mandala effects because this is the fake reality and we are getting glimpses of the other reality, of the other side, of what used to be. These are just some things that I want to leave you with tonight on The Secret Teachings. Early in the morning, late at night, not to scare you, but to give you something to think about. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. Please visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy this show, I implore you, go to the website. You can send us an email. Tell us what you think. If you have questions, rdgable, G-A-B-L-E, rdgable at yahoo.com. Go to the website at thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe to the Archive. You get access to our montage archive as well. You get access to all of the books, the digital books on the site. Or you can buy the books separately, all on the website. You can read them, uh, reviews. You can see pictures, the technological elixir, food philosophy, and occult arcana. It's all at thesecretteachings.info. Don't forget about Facebook, facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings. Stay safe, stay informed, and we'll talk to you in the next broadcast. Don't go anywhere right here on the fringe fm thefringe.fm again i'm ryan gable and this is the secret teachings